Hi, I'm Billy Shore. Welcome back to Add Passion and Stir. It's our weekly conversation about food, passion, and making a difference in the world. And sometimes, like today, that conversation also includes art, which makes a difference in our world. For the second year in a row, Nutella is partnering with No Kid Hungry to give back this holiday season and connect kids across the country to breakfast. Through our partnership, Nutella will help connect kids with up to 6 million meals and still counting. You can pick up a special holiday-themed jar at your favorite grocery store or visit Nutella.com to learn more. Today, we've got two special guests. One is my uh, partner at Share Our Strength, Pamela Taylor, our Chief Communications and Marketing Officer, who is behind a big idea that you're going to hear about that relates to our other guest, Desiree Kelly, an artist from Detroit who paints in a very distinctive style and whose painting, like I think a lot of great painting, is really about storytelling. Desiree was at Metro Times in uh, Detroit until 2014, a production manager and graphic designer there, and then became a full-time portrait artist and is, uh, as we were just talking about a moment ago, is as busy as any artist you've ever met or heard of. She is in great demand. So uh, Pamela, welcome, and Desiree, welcome. Thank you. Great to be here. We're together today because Desiree has been part of a very important project and effort uh, that Share Our Strengths No Kid Hungry campaign has put forth around the notion uh, as uh, the kind of pandemic hopefully uh, is receding, uh, the notion of how communities rebuild. And uh, Pamela, uh, since you and our communications department at Share Our Strength were such a big part of this, I would love to just start by uh, having you talk about uh, what was the idea behind the rebuild campaign, the micro documentaries that we produced, and how we engaged amazing artists like Desiree. Yes. So we were so excited to create the rebuilding campaign. This was our fall campaign for back to school. And the idea was to do two things. One, really take a look at all of what schools and school districts and communities had gone through during the pandemic, primarily around making sure not one child missed a meal, even if the school doors were closed. And it required us to really look at how schools got innovative and creative with getting meals from school buildings literally to the front doors of children all across the country. But furthermore, we wanted to also look at how we rebuild communities and rebuild the essence of the school nutrition programs. And this was captured through conversations that the many muralists we worked with had with children, hearing directly from them what their hopes and their inspirations were for going back to school this fall and what they wanted the future to look like. And so that was captured in the mural paintings that uh, donned buildings in five different cities, as well as these stories were really um, eloquently told in the mini documentary series for five different uh, cities and about five or six minutes each. But they were great stories to really look at all of what communities faced, families faced, and schools faced during the pandemic and what we need to do coming out of it. 
And Pamela, these murals have been up now for what I'm going to say, four, six, seven weeks, something like that. That's correct. That's correct. Starting uh, with our first uh, installation in Atlanta, Georgia. Uh, then we launched Rialto, which is just outside of LA, Washington, DC, and then New York and Detroit, where uh, Desiree did a beautiful rendition of uh, an image for us. Well, I want to start to talk about that. Before we do, Desiree, I think I know how we found you, because if you're talking about art in Detroit, your name comes up all the time. I'm curious as to uh, why you said yes. Uh, and before we even talk about that, just tell us a little bit about your own background and how you became an artist and your where you're kind of, you know, what's the source of your creativity? Right. So I was born and raised in Detroit. I've been in Detroit my whole life. I, I went to college at Wayne State, was which is in the, the center midtown. Um, so just growing up at this time, uh, you know, the past 30 years, Detroit, a lot has changed. Um, so taking that in consideration, like I've always been an art, artist, always been a part of any fine or performing arts um, growing up. And uh, actually, I studied graphic design. That's That was like my stable like, career choice. Uh, and then it evolved from that doing illustrations and just like becoming a full-time painter um, like in 2014. And the whole idea, like pieces that I picked up in the community, uh, like the teardown, the rebuild of Detroit, um, seeing things you know, evolve throughout these couple of decades is something that kind of embedded in my, in my mind. So I wanted you know, to see color, to see something like great, but to also bring that Detroit like grittiness in my work. Primarily my work is on canvas. You would find a lot of my stuff are oil paintings, but I do incorporate a lot of mixed media spray paint and stuff like that. So that's where the mural sort of picks off with the spray painting, um, doing the stuff outside, outdoors. Um, I have done a lot more murals recently, um, the past couple of years, um, pretty much getting bigger and bigger, you know, every mural I get. Um, so it's a really great opportunity to speak directly to the community, um, making a piece of work that from start to finish is, you know, public and it's a whole different process. And it's really great, um, getting that, you know, immediate feedback, um, based off you know, people seeing the whole process, uh, opposed to painting in the studio and, you know, not revealing something until you're completely done and, you know, it'd be like a private showing. So those two different processes are really, really great. And so let's talk a little bit about where that began. Pamela, I kind of supposed how you got to connect with Desiree, but tell us, you know, how you selected Desiree and the other artists who were participating. And then Desiree, I want to hear why you said yes, because you get asked to do a lot of things and you probably can't do them all. So one of the things that we saw, heard, and, and really felt during the pandemic was the impact it had on communities of color. Children from Black and Brown environments, Black and Brown um, families were were exponentially impacted and hit by the effects of the pandemic. And while that sentiment was felt throughout every race and every genre and every, you know, um, audience segment across the country, we wanted to uplift those that 
we knew had faced challenges in ways that had been exacerbated. And so identifying artists of color to talk with the children and to hear their stories and who were a part of their community and maybe have gone to some of the same schools when they were growing up, to have that connection to someone who knew and understood and felt their um, moments of despair, but also their moments of inspiration was so important to us. So as you had mentioned, Billy, you know, Desiree is just so well known and such a beautiful, talented and created artist. We wanted kids to see their own real life superheroes. And I, I love that that became the theme of the mural in Detroit was children felt like they were superheroes that could help end the pandemic and lift themselves out of what they were experiencing and feeling. So being able to connect Black and Brown children to Black and Brown artists was just another way of emphasizing the hope and the future that so many kids were looking forward to. Desiree, aside from the fact that nobody can say no to Pamela or her team, uh, why, why, why were you able to say yes? And then let's talk a little bit about you know, the mural itself. I'm going to ask you to, we're going we're gonna, to uh, post a link to the image when we put up this podcast, but I'm also going to ask you to paint a little bit of a word picture for us as we're as people are listening, so that they can hear what the image is about and what was behind it. So I thought it was a great campaign. Um, I've never been a part of something that had this sort of context to it, so I thought it was perfect, especially with my style of art and my whole purpose as an artist. Like my goal is to always like tell that narrative of the subjects and even with a deeper meaning beyond just the portrait, but going about their historical, uh, their background and things that uh, highlight them and what makes that portrait a bit more, you know, interesting. And so uh, I said, yeah. And I, you know, it, I have a daughter. She's uh, she's now four. So this is a whole new um, ground for me as a as a mother and as an artist. Um, so exploring, uh, just talking to kids and you know getting their idea. And it's so like the most simplistic things, and it kind of reminds me as being like a younger artist. And you have like these fresh ideas, and sometimes you don't approach things. It's some you know complicated situation and you're trying to figure out like this huge math problem or you know trying to figure out what colors to use and what and sometimes it's easier just to make it more simplified so um having that interaction with the the dps children really refocused my uh my plan of action when i uh went about the sketch and thinking about what i was going to create um the the usual elements you would find in my work, uh, hints of graffiti, like street art, uh, color, just a mix of mix of I like to describe it as like traditional oil painting meets street art. Um, so having this this idea of uh, an old like Renaissance portrait, modern day. Um, so adding that kind of like punt like kick of flair to it. Um, so. 
that was my approach with that. And I, uh, I wanted to really hear what the students had to say. And, um, like, that was one of my main things. I'm like, you know, as a person from Detroit that grew up here, I'm like, what do you want to see? You know, and these are kids are, this is a portrait about, this is a painting about them and about this process. Um, and so I really wanted to get that perspective, uh, using my, my daughter as a superhero, as the, as the, well, she's a superhero, but I, using her as the model for the piece, um, I thought it was really appropriate. And what kind of things did you hear from the kids? Um, and, and Pam, I'm going to ask you how that aligns with what uh, our other artists heard as well. So the kid, well, the one thing that really stood out to me was, uh, you know, there was a question, it was like, what do you wish that happened? Like, you know, 2020, um, and they were talking about, you know, the pandemic and everything. And the, they said, uh, wish that we could just wipe away COVID and that whole like whimsical type of thing. So being a superhero sort of like clicked with me, um, with that idea about what can, you could just wipe away this heavy thing. Then I incorporated the, uh, the towel that's like wrapped around her neck just to have like this idea that anyone can be a superhero. You know, you can, you don't have to have like a fancy cape or, you know, outfit or, you know, it's not your typical person that you're expecting. Um, so you have this, this kid that just comes out of nowhere and just takes over. Uh, Pamela, how's that fit with what we've heard from other, uh, young people around the country? So the one thing that we heard each and every city where we talked to children was, the essence and the grandeur of their imagination, of their energy for something like this. And it goes back to why we emphasize the importance of kids going to school and making sure that they have breakfast, they have lunch, they have the fuel that they need so that their minds can do all of these great imaginative things that come come from the likes of children. So, you know, Desiree talked about the superhero concept that we heard from kids in Detroit. In New York, the kids started to talk about like how we could lift up higher than the skyscrapers in all the big buildings in their cities and have something that was bigger than that, that could take care of coronavirus and make it go away in Atlanta and DC and Rialto, the overarching theme was community and togetherness and family. And I think part of what the pandemic did for children was to emphasize how much they see their schools as a part of their community and their friends as a part of their community and what togetherness meant for them. They really talked about that you know, across all five cities. And it just goes to show when children have what they need, their their thoughtfulness and their um, even academic explanation for what they're looking for and what they want comes through so clearly. And then, you know, we were able to work with Desiree and the other artists for them to capture that. So here in DC, it's about togetherness on on the mural. In Atlanta, it was about, you know, we're all hungry for community. In um, 
in Rialto, it was about, um, you know, the soaring of the seagulls, you know, along the shorelines and the beaches uh, of Santa Monica. So it was really uplifting to hear what the kids had to say and what they wanted depicted in all of these images. And during the process of making the mural, there was a lot of people interacting just as quickly as we you know, drove up to start the process. Um, I think it really has an impact, like since day one, the mural and its location. Yeah, she thinks it looks like her. So it, I achieved that. <laughs> cool. And tell us about some of, tell us about some of the other portraits you, you paint. Um, many of them are quite well known now. And, um, and I, I'd love to hear a little bit about why portraiture became one of your main vehicles for storytelling. I've always thought that people had very interesting stories and backgrounds um, growing up as a person. Like, I never spoke like as a child. Like There's a few people that heard my voice. <laughs> so I really try to speak a lot through my, through my art still at this, at this day and age. Um, so a lot of my, my art uh, started off as historical figures political public figures um just generating an interest like i love i'll all day read biographies like that's my thing you know i love like learning about people and so my idea was to take all of that information and represent it visually um and so you can absorb all of this information uh quickly in a different way and so incorporating different things like texture and you know uh color, um, highlighting different phrases, quotes in my work, um, using the background as much as the foreground uh, as the portrait is uh, like my typical my summary of how I you know, go about portraits. Um, and just just reinventing like portraiture. It's not, you know, boring. You know, I, I love I love, you know, the classical, like high Italian Renaissance is like my, my go-to with like technique and style. Um, when I, I, I paint with oil, the figures, but then the background, I incorporate these different things like the new diving into like my, uh, trade as a graphic designer, even, um, using, uh, like printed, uh, articles or, text or something that heightens your your sense when you actually see a piece in person some of the paintings even have artifacts on them uh like there's some uh a portrait that i did of uh, aretha franklin that's uh at the charles wright museum here in detroit they uh, commissioned me to create and they wanted something that's like completely historical um this piece that not only represents her but you know, her whole career. And so there was references or there was actual uh, vinyl records and sheet music um, and pieces of her like clothing that are in the background of the, the painting. Um, so it ties in this whole um, visual portrait. And, and I know you, you not only work in um, oils and acrylics and some of the other uh, materials that you've mentioned, but uh, also buttons. Yeah, so buttons, uh, my crazy idea about limiting my use of uh, of paint 
creating a portrait completely out of physical like objects and buttons came to mind pretty much as like what can I get my hands on like a, you know a lot of and so um it also reminds me of like pixels so that whole idea about painting with these tiny objects and building up this image and I think of it as the same way as oil painting with the layers and everything yeah, you'd find that's me like exploring more and more with the with the mixed medias, um, trying to just you know recreate like portraits in different mediums. You know, Billy, one of the things that um, Desiree reminds me of with this conversation is part of our messaging with No Kid Hungry about the importance of making sure you know kids have three healthy meals every day is also about, you know, the futures of children and what they can be and what they can become. And we heard from kids that, you know, artists are like, they're almost like fictional people, people that you read and hear about in the historical context in class, but being able to have, you know, kids sit and have these, you know, virtual Zoom conversations with like real life, everyday artists was um, an opportunity for them to see a way that they could express themselves through this career path or through this, um, this artistic way of capturing what they sense and what they feel. And Desiree, you reminded me of something that George said, uh, who was our muralist in Atlanta, that when he was a kid in school, you know, he drew this picture and, and the, the teacher, you know, basically said, you know, you'll, you'll never be an artist, which made him even more inspired to become an artist. And hearing how you talk about, you know, oils, acrylics, and the different layers and using buttons, you know, the kids being able to see these types of uh, creations come to life in such a magnificent way on the sides of buildings was another moment for us to inspire and to allow, you know, big dreams to come to life for them. So beyond just talking about meals and nutrition and um, making sure families and children have what they need on a day-to-day basis, part of No Kid Hungry is about also letting children see the future of who they can become. So I thought this was a wonderful way for us to bring that concept to life by allowing the children the opportunity to talk with and see people who have turned their dreams into careers. You know, Pamela, as you're talking about what children can become, I'm thinking back to the documentary, which, you know, includes uh, this, this mural uh, and uh, includes a conversation with Desiree. But one of the pieces of the, of the microdoc about Detroit also features Carl Williams, who's the head of school nutrition there. And one of the things he says that I think goes right to what you were saying about what students can become is he says, when students rise, we all rise. And for me, there was so much that was packed into those six words. Uh, When students rise, we all rise. The importance of education, of investing in kids, the notion that Detroit's 
students can and will achieve, not if they rise, but when they rise, and food being such a critical ingredient of that. And uh, I, I feel like part of the inspiration of the mural and the the, the doc, the micro doc is this notion that, um, that we're all interconnected and when they rise, we rise. There's that, there's that bond between us and them. And, you know, what you've done here, Pamela, with, um, this entire project is such a great example of sharing strength. You, you and I talk about a lot about what share our strength really means, what those words mean, that everybody has uh, some gift or some opportunity to make a contribution. And historically at Share Strength, we've worked a lot in the culinary community with chefs and restaurateurs. But Desiree is such a great example of how uh, an artist has a strength to share that not only gives great pleasure to people visually, but literally makes a difference in a community. And I'd love to hear, Desiree, how, just how you kind of think about the role of the artist in the community, the responsibility of the artist to give voice to important issues. I think it was really great that the artists were representative of the communities that they were creating these murals. Um, I felt sort of a sense of like pressure as well just being like I it meant it meant so much to me being a Detroiter and representing the community community so I wanted to represent them in you know the best light and um to finally like have that voice to be able to speak for everyone and visually and to create um it's a huge it's a huge uh sort of leadership role that I never really, you know, thought about until, you know, doing these larger mural pieces where um, it not only speaks to one person, but to everyone that walks by or to everyone that drives by. Um, so first of all, like having it being visual and being interpreted, like, I wouldn't say like interpreted properly, but just to have it just be displayed in a certain way. Um, and to there's this whole deeper meaning beyond just the mural. So um, I appreciate it, like having those multiple branches a part of the campaign as well. So that like once you dove in, once you saw the mural and you sort of like read around it, you figured out that, oh, this is, you know, a campaign. This is something else. And then there's a, the documentary and there's like these layers and you keep like peeling back the layers and then yeah it's about this huge thing and so I feel like having that kind of way that you approach something that's not not really like in your face like aggressive kind of you know something that you can kind of slowly dive into um, I think the community will be like more receptive to it and so um like my role as being the artist, I, I always talk about like the color and stuff like that's in the piece and stuff that will have somebody like interact with them. But all these different parts that allow someone to like interact with um, the whole campaign um, as one uh, was really, really great. And, and Desiree, uh, how, how is your thinking and your creativity and your work expressed by the, the moment? That we're in now. I, I, we've, we've talked a lot about the intersection between uh, the pandemic and Black Lives Matter and the murder of George Floyd and, and this increased um, awareness and uh, 
importance placed on understanding structural racism and bringing race equity to the center of what we do. Um, how, how has that also shaped you as an artist? I think it finally allowed the artist to, um, you know, tell these very sensitive, very aggressive and like, and you're like these very harsh moments in time that can only be talked about through art sometimes, um, bringing that conversation um, about that, you know, wouldn't make someone like, uh, you know, stand off that like, we can actually talk about these subjects and um, like I've done pieces featured in the Washington Post and um, stuff regarding, uh, you know, George Floyd and different concepts um, that are going on in Detroit. And um, I think that the artists, the way that we approach these topics um, allow for a, a community of discussion and incorporate like different demographics. Um, and it may not even, you don't have to choose sides. Like it's just talking about the specific, like just the general um, like piece when you're talking about art, when you're creating something that's about a certain thing. Yeah, it's just a, it's a different, it's interesting. You know, I thought it was really interesting, Desiree, to hear you say that because one of the first things I remember going up after the George Floyd murder was the mural in Minneapolis, you know, and it became a place of gathering and it became a place of people coming together to be reflective and to be intentional. And, you know, it was, it, it was, a simple, it was a simple gesture that had so much deep meaning. And then Billy here in DC, when Mayor Bowser commissioned, you know, a, a whole city street almost to be ensconced with simple yellow letters that said Black Lives Matter, that, that art became so powerful and, and not just any city street, Pamela, but at the time, President Trump's front yard. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. But it, it, it goes on beyond that moment. It's, it's now permanently a part of D.C.'s landscape and so many other cities followed suit. So, you know, during the pandemic, there were so many things that became um, expressions and um outlets for folks to express what they were going through and what they were feeling during so many things that kind of conflated and culminated all at the same time. And, and I do believe art was a way for that universal language to tell a story that, you know, folks in my marketing branding world, we love to be able to tell a good story, but Sometimes there's there are no words that a picture can better capture. Um, and that's, I think, part of what we saw this past year, which is why I think the mural project, when the team started brainstorming on what could we do, art became so clear that that was a great answer to capture so many different feelings and moments all in one place. So, Pamela, can we hope that you and Desiree are going to 
cook up an encore. And this is not the last we've seen of amazing artists um, sharing their strength. Well, I know one thing. Desiree is now in the Share Our Strength family forever, whether she wants to be or not. I, I have to tell a quick little story. Desiree and I did uh, a, a media interview a couple of weeks ago. And similar to this conversation, you know, questions came to me and questions came to Desiree from, from the journalist. And the very last question went to Desiree, which was, you know, so for people who want to learn more about this project and the organization, Desiree, what, you know, where should they go for more information, which is like, you know, core messaging for me, but Desiree, without missing a beat, she said they should go to nokidhungry.org. And there is a link to the rebuilding and you can see all the many documentaries. And in that moment, I was like, she's right on message. I'm so proud of this moment. She's part of us. And, and it was a really, cause I was a little bit nervous. I was like, Oh, we didn't message. We didn't script her for this, but Desiree was right on it. So I know she's, she's in it with us. That, that is great to hear. I, I saw that interview. You're not exaggerating. It was just perfect. Uh, Desiree, before we uh, let you go, cause we've got to wrap up, um, our listeners can find more of your work, I think, at DesireeKellyArt.com. Is that correct? Is that your website? And what should we be looking for next from you in terms of art or murals or exhibitions? What's What should we keep our eyes open for? Just anything. I'm always creating stuff. So the next, the next thing is right around the corner. Fantastic. Thank you so much for being with us, Desiree Kelly, and um, my colleague Pamela Taylor as well on behalf of our entire team at Share Our Strength and the No Kid Hungry campaign. Uh, thanks to our producer, uh, Hunter Sense at District Productive. Thanks to Joanna Weber, Kelly Griffin, uh, my sister Debbie Shore, who's involved in this podcast, uh, and especially to our listeners. You can go to adpassionandstir.com and find uh, all of our other amazing episodes. You can rate them, rank them, and subscribe, and share them with friends. Thanks so much for listening. I'm Billy Shore. Mm-hmm.